Yo, yo, yo. What it is, yo. What's up? This is your host of Real Talk Sports, Deontay Smith. And today we're going to be talking about the FBI and the NCAA and what we think it all means. It's going to be Kagan joining me. We're also going to talk about the NFL Mock Draft 2.0. Cannot believe nobody is having faith in Lamar Jackson. Come on, dog. He has better numbers. He gets the job done. Who cares about how he throws and how he goes through his progressions? Hey, Kagan, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me today. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So let's, uh, we hadn't had a chance to talk since uh, right before the All-Star break. So let's talk about your reactions of the Team LeBron beating Team Steph 148-145. to 145. Do you like the new format of the NBA All-Star game? Uh, I do. Um, so when I say I like the new format, I like that they were allowed to pick teams. Um, you know, I don't know how... I feel about the way the replacements were voted. I felt like a lot of people were snubbed. Um, But as far as them being allowed to pick their team and go out and compete, I think it brings a new excitement star game. Uh, You know, in past years, I felt like it's just been kind of like a a for show. We're going to go out here and kind of have some fun and play around. And I get, you know, you don't want to get hurt in an all-star game and, and miss the rest of the season because these are, all-star players but at the same time you know I felt like with them picking their team there was a little something to it like hey I'm, I'm playing a pickup game and we're gonna beat you like we're gonna come out we're gonna play hard and we're gonna try to win and prove that Hello? you know I picked a better team oh man it's like we lost Kagan Tay are you there yeah okay yeah Sorry. So what were you saying uh, I said, to me, I, I like it. I think it brings a competitive edge to it. You know, if I'm LeBron or I'm Steph, I'm going out there and I'm, hey, I want to win this game. Like, I picked my team better, you know? Right. So, so I like it. I think it brings a fire to the All-Star game and makes it fun to watch. So how do you feel about Jimmy Butler sitting out at the All-Star game? Um, should he have given everyone a heads up beforehand so they can get a replacement for him? Uh, I think so. You know, if his intent was indeed to sit out, um and not play I feel like he definitely could have uh gave his his spot up and get someone in there who did want to play um to me it seemed like a selfish move uh it seemed like he wanted to still hold the status of being an all-star uh under his accolade but he didn't want to contribute anything uh so to me I I thought it was a little selfish I felt like he could have gave that spot up I definitely agree. I think Lou Williams definitely deserved to be uh, absolutely as well as Chris Paul. Absolutely. So, so you know, Chris Paul, yeah. Chris Paul is putting up some of the best numbers he he's put up in a while, and people just are overlooking it because he now has James Harden. But you know, it, it's not fair to him. I, I certainly believe he should have been there over over Jimmy Butler, not wanting to be there. So, and uh, I believe last night Jimmy Butler went down with a knee injury. Um, so we're definitely hoping it's not an ACL tear. Um, but I think I think the MRI they're going to do MRI sometime today. So, uh, so our prayers go out to Jimmy Butler, and hopefully he can get a speedy recovery. So we had a lot of conversations uh, by players talking about 
reformatting the playoff system, one through 16 seating, and kind of doing away with the eight from the east, eight from the west. But LeBron opposed that. Um, I think he opposed it because it takes away uh, what he does, his dominance in the east. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'd agree. You know, um, it, it 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 would certainly take away what he does. Um, and I, I kind of agree, you know, as far as, like, when you have it separated, you have a little something to work for. You know, uh, you're not the fourth best team in the NBA. You're the best team in the East, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I I think it would, you know, be better personally if they did away with it, but I could see it as a player in LeBron's eyes, you know, to where it would kind of take away from what they do. Definitely. See, well, I, I feel like there should be a uh, – they should reseed after after the end of the season. And I even heard talks or read about there being like a play-in game for the eighth spot, uh, a lot how baseball does the wild card. Um, which I think would be pretty awesome. Um, but it also negates the purpose of the season because then you're like, well, that means that makes the season less meaningful if I can lose in one game, right? All right, so let's uh let's stick with basketball. We're going to talk about the NCAA hoops corruption case. Um, (laughs) now I know we we talked off off of the pod about it, um. But let's let's talk about some of the teams named in it. So we got Duke, uh, NC State, LSU, Seton Hall, Washington, Arizona, right? And Cal Kuzma from Utah. He was mentioned in it. USC, Alabama, and a, and a, a load of other schools. Michigan State, Kentucky. I don't know if I mentioned them. Um, but do you? Let me get your reaction from all this. This is we're not. This isn't new to us. Um, we know it goes on, but you does this fall at the feet of the NCAA? It, it does. Um, I, I really think it does. Um, for them to to act shocked or surprised uh, is is baffling, you know. Because, um, like you said, we we know it's going on. Everyone knows it's going on. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Tay, in my opinion, because. You know, you're thinking you're some of those schools, and we're talking Hall of Famers. You know, Calipari, Rizzo, Coach K. You know, uh, Patino got canned. We saw that. You know, these are Hall of Fame, Roy Williams, Hall of Fame coaches. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because, you know, I'm on the side to where the coach can only do so much. You know, if if the coach doesn't know and it's going on, how do we hold them accountable? I know it's their program. They should know what's going on. But, uh, you know, it's something – it goes way beyond just these coaches and these schools. Uh, The NCAA has allowed this, um, you know, just by their their business model, their business structure. Um, And I think the fault is definitely on them. For them to sit back and pretend it's not going on and only react when they have to, when the federal government gets involved, I think that's a that that's complete shambles. Um, just it's just going to be interesting to see how much of this fault comes back on these coaches because I, I'd hate to see their legacies tarnished for something that you know maybe they know is going on but they truly have nothing to do with it. 
do we put him at fault? You know, I, I don't know. Can we judge that? Like, if, if you're Coach K at Duke and you truly know nothing, uh, but you know if that makes sense. Like, you know mm-hmm. these players are probably getting something from somewhere. Maybe it's one of your assistants. Maybe it's a booster. Maybe it's a school administrator. Who knows? He, he might not know the details, but he might know. So do we fault him for that? You know, kind of like, you know, this whole Patino situation, he's denied it from the start, you know. Um, right. Even spoke out after they stripped the national title from him and over, you know, I forgot how many wins they took away from him. He put a statement out saying that, you know, he told his guys every day, you know, we're going to do things the right way. We're going to own up to our mistakes. And he's still denying it. So I have a lot of respect for Rick Patino's intelligence. And what's up, Tay? All right. Sorry about that. It uh, cut out on you. You said you had a lot of respect for Patino's intelligence. Right. So, So I have to believe that his denials and this whole thing have to have some credibility. If not, then, hey, I'm wrong, and he's not as intelligent as I thought. But, you know, the fact that he's still denying it, either it, it tells me two things. Either, A, he really didn't know what was going on, or, B, he knew what was going on, but he knows there's nothing that can directly link him to it. So it's like almost like a RICO charge, um, in a sense. He's just far away from it to not have his hands in it, but... He's close enough to have knowledge of it. Right. Um, but I think the wiretap with Sean Miller at Arizona is very damning. Because um, now it makes me – because they got over 3,000 hours of wiretap conversations. Um, and I, I want to know how many head coaches are really involved. Um, and you got to think DeAndre Anton, or I think that's his name, um, He's like he was one of the top – centers coming out and and what made him so appealing is because he he's like a stretch he's a new new age big man um but but you got guys like colin sexton at alabama wendell carter these are one and done guys who uh so you can very well see that they so i think a lot of it has to do i think alabama is a nike school so when colin sexton comes out um He's going to be a Nike player in the NBA. He's going to be a Nike athlete. And that's how all of this started. Um, right. And I really think there's no way to to pacify it in a sense because there's always going to be a black market for it, just like you legalize marijuana. Uh, people are still going to sell marijuana on the black market. Um, if you give players 20000 a year, there's going to be somebody out there willing to give them 25000 a year. Um so there's really no way to circumvent it. I just think they should just do a better job of policing it. So, so look, I, I'm with you. I don't think there's a way to, to completely abolish it. Um, you know, and this is just my two cents. We've talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I think they just need to do – I'm not saying it doesn't happen in baseball because I'm sure it does, but I think they need to kind of look at the – MLB and college baseball model as far as if these kids want to go pro straight out of high school, let them. Let's open it back up. Let's let them be eligible for the draft after high school. And it eliminates 
probably the majority of this, not all of it, because, you know, you're talking about the names on this list. They're one and done. You know, this is a stepping stone. They're going that one year of college because they can't go to the NBA right away. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm a proponent for let's open that back up. Those kids that don't want to be in college, let them go to the draft. You know, let them go play in the D League, start getting their NBA coaching. If they're good enough to play, good enough to play, whatever. And then if you do come to college, let's three years. You know, uh, if, if I think if they have to stay three years and they are, are also allowed to go to the draft, like I said, it eliminates that. Those one-and-done players are probably not going to come to college for that year. They're probably just going to go straight to the draft. And then the ones who are not one-and-done, they want to go to that university. They want to build a program. They want to be part of a tradition. They're there for three years. Now, I'm not saying – that they're not still going to get paid. You're still going to have top prospects that people are going to be dishing out, like you said, $20,000, $25,000 for. But at the same time, you know, maybe maybe it helps reduce some of it. Because, like you said, all these guys are one and dones. We're talking, you know, I think the, the disclosed amount that they caught Sean Miller talking about was like over 100000 or something like that mm-hmm. for one prospect. Come on. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the only one that's really stood out to me was Kyle Kuzma. Because um, he was, I think he was at, I, I want to say he was at Utah for all four years. And he, he didn't seem like a guy that was on a lot of teams' radars right out of high school. And um, so if you look at last year's expense report, he was loaned $3,000. Um, and then they say that he was, it totaled 9000 uh, over nine thousand dollars after while he was in school. So these guys have right. been feeding these kids money since the very beginning. Um, I think the AAU is a, a lot of where the c- corruption starts because um, you got AAU coaches or directors funneling kids to schools for money. Um, and so if you can, I want to say police AAU a little bit better, you may get a better may have better luck with the NCAA and all these violations. Right. Uh, It's certainly interesting because I think Adidas and Patino were just the tip of the iceberg, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Right. So uh, do you think any of the kids named, uh, like the notables, uh, Colin Sexton, Wendell Carter, Kevin Cox at Kentucky, and uh, Miles Bridges, do you think they should be sitting out until – until the NCAA can clear this up? Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, I'm not saying it's fair or unfair to them, but I think as a a university, you have to – that's kind of your starting to amend. You know, the the FBI doesn't just put out reports unless they have some, you know, clout to them. So I don't think they're putting out anything false. Uh, You know, the – question is going to be how much and how far and what all who knew you know Um, Mm -hmm. so I think if you're those universities you have to show good faith and you have to sit those players until this is cleared up Um, you know and maybe some of them are cleared maybe some of them didn't do anything wrong that they knew of whatever the case you know you got these players from what it seems like an unfair advantage and I think you have to you have to sit them I think that's unquestionable. It's going to be interesting to see if these coaches do, especially so late into the season. 
Yeah, I, I would definitely hate to see uh, the the big dance be altered because of transgressions by uh, families and uh, agents. Right. I really hate for hate for us to have a a watered down NCAA tournament. I think you just said a key word there, families. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say none of these players had anything to do with it, but uh, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of this is those those parents that are sitting right next to them when these coaches visit. Well, this person's offering my boy this. Well, this person's offering my boy that. So, you know, I, I think that was a critical component when you just – All right, man. I'm sorry about that. No, yeah. you're fine. Yeah, the like yeah, must be trying to get a wiretap on us. <laughs> yeah, the flagging us. Yeah, well, like Miles Bridges' mom is uh, who was receiving the advances, and I think it was like a $400 ATM transaction. Um, as small as the amount is, but it's still an extra benefit um, that most athletes don't have access to. Right. All right, man. So let's switch gears and let's uh let's jump into Mel Kuyper's uh mock draft 2.0. So, yeah. uh, what do you like and what don't you like about it? So you know, I'm gonna stick to my guns with the Josh Allen pick. I still don't like that. You know, I know we touched on that last time. Um, yeah, you know, that was not really a shocker. I figured he'd still have him up there. The biggest surprise to me was uh, Baker Mayfield to the Jets. Um, I did not expect to see that. Um, Not saying anything about his drive or his skill or anything like that, but, um, you know, I don't don't know that he's NFL ready. We'll we'll see. Um, He's certainly a competitor. He's certainly got fire. His personality will fit great in the Big Apple. Um, But – you know, it was really shocking to see him, you know, mid mid top ten. I think that My apologies once again. No, no, you're fine. Uh, uh, so you as don't I know if saying, he's ready. I think Mayfield I think Mayfield's personality will fit with the Jets. That was certainly shocking to me. But uh we'll see how it goes. No, I really I really don't think Josh Allen's the solution. Um, but I, I can definitely see the Browns taking him. I really think now these quarterbacks are ready right away. Right away, um, but I feel like if the Browns are smart, they trade out of that first pick. Do you disagree? Uh, I I do. Um, and and my reason why is you have to assume they're going to make a play on Kirk Cousins. Uh, you have to assume they're not going to get him. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to want to go there. Um, so I think, just my opinion, personal opinion, we've talked about it time and time again. You know, I really think Darnold will be the better NFL quarterback. Uh, Josh Allen may be more ready right now, but Cleveland doesn't really need someone ready right now. I think they throw A.J. McCarron a little money in the offseason. You take Saquon Barkley with the first pick because you're losing your running back. Not saying Isaiah Crowell was a great running back, but Mm -hmm. he didn't really have any holes to run through half of his years there. So, you know, I'm okay with taking Barkley with the first pick. And then that fourth pick, you pick up Darnold there. 
and then I think Allen is actually a better fit for Denver anyway because they do need to win now. Um, I think their defense is getting old. Uh, it's still a good unit, but it's not an elite unit like it used to be. Um, so I think they do need the win now, and I think Allen is better now. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they trade the pick. I think they've done a lot of pick trading in the past years to set themselves up for this, to have a couple top. Once again, man, my apologies. Um, no, you're fine. Someone clearly doesn't want us talking. <laughs> so what were you saying about um, right before we got cut off? So I'm saying they don't trade the pick. I think they've traded too many draft picks the past few years to set themselves up for this. Uh, and I think it's a, a year to really build on their team. You know, they have a good young defense. A lot of people overlook that, but they've taken a lot of defensive selections the past few years. Uh, so, so their defense is young, but it, it's got potential. Uh, I do think they need to focus those two picks on offense. Uh, and like I said, just me, I think Darnold will be the better quarterback. Um in the NFL going as far as future potential-wise. Um, so I would like to see them take Barkley and Darnold with those first two picks, but, you know, I, I don't think it'll happen, and a lot of experts don't, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. So Why do I'll, you think they should trade it so much? Man, it's, they've made two new mistakes in the past at that, at that spot. Um, but if you know – so there's not a lot separating – the three or four quarterbacks in the top 12. Um, so I really think you can't go wrong. I even heard Doug Gottlieb say you take both quarterbacks and you have them play it out, um, which is stupid to me. But I do believe <laughs> – but I, I just don't trust him. Yeah. They haven't given me a reason to trust him with the number one pick. That's fair. What about Saquon Barkley? Do you think he's worth the, the first pick? He's a running back, man. So you're going to get five to six good years out of him. Um, so you're going to get five to six years out of him. <laughs> yeah, but just the shelf life isn't long enough for him to be to warrant a number one draft pick. Um, so, so I'm going to stop you there. So do you think it's not worth it because he's only got five or six years? What if those five or six years are, you know, the most productive the Browns are going to get out of them? Do you still not think it's worth it? Uh, no, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think they are. They're not two. They're only two or three years max. Two to, two to three years from being a competitive playoff team in the AFC. Um, and that's if they get all their picks right. They, they can't miss anybody. Um, so I, I, so you get two years. You get a two-year window. If he is good for the five or five to six years, you get a two-year window with him at his peak, seeing the team ready to make the next step. Um, it's risky. Uh, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Uh, just because the wear and tear on running backs is – getting ridiculous and he can do he can do it all so he's going to get a lot of touches so it's going to accumulate a lot of hits like I, I still don't think Le'Veon Bell is worth a big contract because he's on the back end of his career and then he has the injury issues um he's done pretty good staying away from the weed as of late 
but there's all there's always <laughs> off <laughs> there's always these off the field issues with them. This is true. So you so, so you, you like so you so you think they trade away? You think they should trade away the first pick? Yeah. Do you do you still think they should take a QB with the fourth pick? Yeah, I feel like they you you take a QB at the fourth pick. Now Josh Rosen and Mel Kuyper's draft is going to Miami at eleven. Um, I, I don't think he drops that far, but you could pick up Josh Rosen at four because I because I believe. The Giants take. Is that assuming Allen and Darnold are off the board? Right. Okay. Right. I think Darnold goes to the Jets, to the Giants, and um, whoever the, I think now who they trade that pick to, I can see the Jets taking that pick and taking Josh Allen number one. Okay. So that way, because you're not trading your one for your six without getting something later. And um, you could definitely build depth just like they've done and, and, and gain assets like they've done in the past. How how many years do you think they are away from winning the division? <laughs> it's hard to say. In my lifetime, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the safe bet is to say never. <laughs> but, um, you know, like you said, I think if their picks fall into place, um, and who knows with this QB situation, you know, do they go out and get McCarron? Do they go out and get Cousins? You know, do they take Josh Allen and he's the best thing that's ever happened to Cleveland football? Who knows? Um, I think, like you said, it depends on that. I think if all their picks go as planned and these players develop like they think they're going to develop, uh, I, I give them three years, three, four years, mm-hmm. and maybe they're competing for the division. Because, like I said, that defense is young if they can keep that core together. Um, and then if they finally do get a quarterback in there to take some pressure off their running backs, uh, you know, they have good receivers on the outside. Um, I, I think they got a chance to be competitive and win some ball games for sure. Uh, but as far as competing for a conference championship, I'm going to say three or four years away. All right, man. So Arizona, they need a QB, but they're all the way at 15. Um, what do you think is the best solution for them? You think any of the top four or five QBs fall to them? Uh, no. no, I really don't. So um, I'm with you. I don't see Rosen falling that far. Um. I think the only way they get a play at any of, you know, we're assuming we're talking Allen, Darnold, Mayfield, and and Rosen. The only way I think they get a play at them is is if they make so they trade for the number one spot to take uh, the QB. Uh, I don't know that they trade to the number one spot. Uh, I think it depends on how much confidence they'll have in Blaine Gabbert to be a uh, bridge, <laughs> <laughs> or whoever they're going to go with. Um, but I don't know – and I really don't know that they have – you know, what could they offer other than their pick to take the number one pick? You know, it's going to take more than just swapping picks. They're going to have to, you know, get a little extra, and I don't know what else they could have that they could offer other than more draft picks. Well, this is uh, David Johnson's third year in the league. Um, Patrick Peterson is getting a little long in the tooth. 
because um, he, he's been, I want to say he's around his sixth or his seventh year, maybe. Um, right. And you, the window is closing on that team for them to be competitive in the NFC West. Um, so let's let's switch gears and let's talk. Let's stay in the NFC West. Uh, how much better did the Rams get with the trade from Marcus Peters? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting now to see if they bring Tremaine Johnson back. Uh, if they do, I think they're gonna. It's going to be hard to throw against them. Uh, but you know, I, I'm really shocked that. Kansas City traded Marcus Peters. Um, you know, I've, I've read some concerns about his uh, maturity. You know, he had the he threw the penalty flag back into the crowd. He's caught yelling at coaches on the sidelines. Went into the locker room halfway through a game. You know, he was suspended for. You know, I, I get the issues are there, but he's certainly a, a, a dang good football player. Um, you know. Uh, so I was really shocked if the Rams decide to keep Tremaine Johnson and Marcus Peters, their defense has just gotten a whole lot better. And I think that's going to in turn improve them. Jared Goff looked like he was finally starting to figure things out last season. So they might be uh, a team team that's around for years to come. If, if they keep that core together, uh, if Tremaine Johnson walks away, I don't think it makes them that much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Obviously, you know, Peter's production, turnover production is going to be more. You know, it's going to improve that defense still. But, you know, you can always just throw away from him. You know? <laughs> uh, so I don't think it, you know, I don't think it makes them that much better unless they can retain Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, hey, I don't think they keep Tremaine Johnson. Um, they franchise the tagged him for the last two years. Um, I don't think they're going to be – he's looking for a huge contract. Uh, so I don't think they're going to give him a third – or he's not even going to yeah. sign another. I, I agree. And I think that was part of the reason they brought Peters in, because they know they're not going to get a deal done with Tremaine Johnson. So, uh, I, and, and that's why I say I don't see it improving him much, because he's just going to replace him. Now, he's certainly a better corner than Tremaine Johnson. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's going to produce more turnovers. Um so, obviously, that's going to help their defensive production a little bit, but I'm not saying it's going to be such a huge change that it's going to drastically change that defense. So, how much did this trade change this, the landscape of the AFC West? Uh, I know Kendall Fuller was added in the Alex Smith trade, but I don't think him for Peters is a is a even swap or, or wins above replacement uh, <laughs> friendly. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. Uh, don't get me wrong, Fuller's a, a good young corner, and he's going to do just fine in Kansas City, I believe. But, you know, kind of like we're talking about that added increased turnover production to St. Louis's defense, that mm-hmm. takes away from Kansas City's turnover production. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how Mahomes plays. <laughs> we'll see how that, that plays out. But, you know, I, I certainly think it was – personality issue with Peters. So uh, I think that's, that's what it's going to boil down to. I, I don't think I'm, – I'm with you. I don't think it was an even trade, and it's going to be interesting to see how it affects that defense. So you have a rookie – or a second-year QB, first-year starter, um, taking over in Kansas City. Uh, you have the Broncos who 
or don't have a QB right now and the defense is getting old and you have Joan Gruden with David Carr returning for the Raiders. Is this uh, the year for the Chargers? Because they're returning everybody. Um, they have everybody in place. Is this the year the Chargers take the AFC West? It's certainly shaping up to be, you know. Uh, I think Andy Reid is great at what he does, but uh, I think they're going to have some growing pains over there in Kansas City. Uh, What's up? Dave? Sorry about that. One last time, man. I promise it shouldn't happen again before the end of this. No. Oh, uh, so what are you saying about Andy Reid getting his guys ready? You know, I think Andy Reid's a great coach and he does good. There'll be growing years. pains. Yeah, but I think there'll be growing pains. Uh, you know, I think it's going to take a year or two for Gruden to get his system in play. We have some uh-huh. issues with Anchor right now. Uh, and then also, you know, I think Khalil is Khalil Mack a free agent after this year. Hello. Tay. Hello. Uh, 